Hey everyone, it's Ben. It takes a lot of resources to put this podcast together. And if you want to support this indie podcast, it's always here for you. And if you'd even like to have a little more secret room in your life, you can satisfy both these itches now at patreon.com slash secret room. When you join at any level, you'll get access to our companion podcast, The Secret Room Unlocked, which is chock full of deleted and extended scenes, bloopers, and extra insight into each show. And between both shows, The Secret Room and The Secret Room Unlocked, you'll have fresh content every single week. Join now at patreon.com slash secret room. What's your secret? So my family decided to go fishing. It was my husband and my daughter. And since they didn't catch anything, they went to the store, <laughs> purchased some fish and put them in the line. <laughs> They told me they had caught these big old fish. <laughs> and I went and told the whole neighborhood <laughs> and took pictures with it. And I was so proud of the, my husband <laughs> and my daughter's catch to later find out that they had purchased a damn fish. Chris joins us in the secret room with a story from 12 years ago. Hi, my name is Chris, and my secret is that I did something when I was a teen that I just can't believe, and I haven't even told my husband the full truth. And she keeps the secret from just about everyone. How old were you exactly? I was 18 years old. Do many people know? Maybe four. And there's one reason she doesn't tell anyone. Because I'm ashamed, because it's not something I would typically have done and would never do if I hadn't been in that situation. Her story starts with a boy. He could do no wrong in my eyes. The things he wanted. Like he was super into that. It just made me really uncomfortable, but that's what he liked. And the things that she did for love. I get out of work, I think it's five o'clock in the morning. My ex's car is sitting in the parking lot. And where the story goes surprised her as much as it's going to surprise you. Something happened where I found out people knew, and I was just, like, hysterical. Welcome to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. Okay, we are ready. Here we go. Okay. Hi, Chris. Welcome to The Secret Room. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. Today, we're, we're going to hear about a relationship, but it's also about something you did that you feel some shame about. Yes, that is that is correct. Looking back ahead of the relationship you had with Tom, uh-huh. can you tell me what life was like? You know, I, I met him when I was still in high school. And at that point, I was like super involved in school. And, you know, I was in a lot of clubs and I was in all the extracurriculars. And I was so focused on um, getting out and going to college. And um, I'd never really had like a serious relationship like... Um, And so I met him right before the start of my senior year. And like, even at that point, like I should have seen it coming because it was, you know, it completely flipped my focus 180, which probably wasn't the best thing for me at that point. Had you dated much before Tom? 
No, nothing serious. You know, like the high school, we would, we would, you know, he'd wait for me at my locker and we'd hold hands and walk to class. Aww, and, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so where did you meet Tom? It, it sounds like it wasn't at school if you met him, bef- you know, over the summer. No, you know what? Um, it was through a friend who was older. It was one of my sister's friends, actually. Was he about the same age? Um, he was the same age as my sister, so about three years older than me. Okay. So he had already graduated from high school. Yes, yeah. What was he doing? Going to community college. He was going to go in the military, but that ended up falling through for medical reasons. So he that was kind of his fallback. So he wasn't doing too much. And so what did you guys do for fun? Tell me about the, you know, the early the early stages of your romance. It was pretty benign. Um, it was a lot of hanging out. And, you know, it's so exciting getting to meet someone and, and kind of, you know, having fun and We ended up playing a lot of video games together. Got me into World of Warcraft, (laughs) which is another secret. But (laughs) (laughs) okay, very early on, we um, he moved away, so it was long distance for um, quite some time. Actually, was that hard? It was. It was, um, and I think that honestly gave it a lot more gravitas in my you know seventeen year old mind because. I had this, you know, epic love and you live far away, but we are keeping in touch. And, and I probably tolerated more bullshit <laughs> than I would have from somebody in person. Yeah, that I think, you know, that, that definitely helped stir the pot as far as what happened later. Why did he come back? Um, I actually moved out to him. I see. Yeah. So I left Ohio. I was 19 when I... I moved out. This was a whole ordeal. Then. Right. So you were you were in deep. Oh yeah, no. He moved away. What what took him away? He was originally from out west, so in in Albuquerque is where he's um, originally from. So that's where I'm from. Oh no, kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so he had been living in your area, and then he moved back home to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Then you moved to Albuquerque. I did. Wow. We're going to have to compare some notes on that. Absolutely. Well, this is really interesting. So I didn't give you an ex- enough exposition. This is way worse. Wow. So you were you were really head over heels. So you'd been having a, a long distance relationship for maybe close to a year before you decided to move out. It was actually two and a half years because and, and that's like the sad thing for me in hindsight is my senior year, I basically fell apart. You know, I kept it together academically, but like my ambition kind of went out the window, um, you know, because I was I was fairly bright for my class. I was in top 10, but I would think I was like number 12 in my class. And my ACT score was like my highest was a 32. And, you know, I could have gotten into any college in in the area that I really wanted to go to, probably. And I didn't really apply. And. You know, I went to, I ended up going to community college for a year and I didn't do great. And, um, you know, I was just working like a retail job because I wanted to be with him. You were long distance dating for two, two and a half years. Yes. And how did you manage to, you know, keep, keep the flame alive when you were, you know, separated by such a great distance during that time? We wrote letters as well as on the phone. Um, like when I was in class, I would write him letters and um, I would take pictures and send pictures to him in the mail. And 
picture texting wasn't great back then, so it was like on a digital camera still. <laughs> there was a few flights back and forth to see each other, but it was it was tough. I mean, anybody will say long distance is, is not an easy thing to do, so. There was another um, way that you kept in touch, or that you kept things... Spicy. Spicy. Yes. What did you do? Well, one day... I got the brilliant idea. I was actually in a hot topic of all places. And I saw this like lingerie set. And I was like, that looks great. I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to, you know, surprise him. And I'm going to pick a song. And I'm going to put that on. And I'm going to dance around. And I'm going to send it to him in like a private um, YouTube and back then, like, if you had a subscription, if somebody subscribed to you, they could see your, you know, your private video. So okay. I um, I did it. I actually did two songs, two different outfits. He wasn't subscribed to me at the time. So I sent him, like, the request to subscribe to me. And then he, like, looked at it and he saw it. And he was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. He liked it. He did like it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, good. That's That was the point. But um, he was like, we should make these public. What was your first reaction to that? It was kind of weird. You know, at that point, when you're you're in a relationship and you love somebody, I hate to say unconditionally, but it basically was at that point. He could do no wrong in my eyes. You want to believe that somebody who loves you has your best interest in mind. They don't always, but I trusted him and he, he that's what he wanted to do. So I sent him the original files and I was like, yeah, sure. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. All right. And so he did it. Yeah. Did he say why he wanted to make it public? I mean, what was, you know, what was the justification to sell you on this? I don't even remember. I don't even know if there was. It's been so long that I don't, you know, I don't even know if he, he did it with my permission or if he did it after the fact. Your sexy video that was originally made for his eyes only goes public. Yes, it does. How was it to, you know, to see your video? Oh, I hate in the public section of YouTube. Oh, God. I couldn't, I can't even, I couldn't even rewatch them. I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Shame. Shame. <laughs> but at that point on YouTube, this was very early YouTube, there was a few girls who were doing this and it was wildly popular. And there was this group of men that would just kind of like follow these videos around and they would it's interesting they would get taken down a lot and put back up at one point there was this guy who would make like fan videos and take the different videos and like cut them in and splice them into different songs and it was so it was weird i don't even know if that exists anymore on youtube but at the time like you know you would put something up and it would get thousands of views the first day you know, I was 18 years old and had always had, like, not necessarily a negative body image, but I didn't think, like, anybody would ever show interest in me like that. So it was kind of weird. Was it exhilarating in a way? It was. It was. Like, it was like, well, maybe I'm not a forest troll. You got something going on? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's watching. Were there were there comments, too? Oh, yeah. Mostly positive. Yeah, probably some trolls, too. Oh, yeah. Well, some people said I need a tan, which is fine. <laughs> okay, whatever. I would say 90% was positive. People started subscribing to your channel. They did. And we would make multiple channels because they would, not only would videos get pulled down, but channels would get pulled down too. Okay. So you're busy skirting. Yes. 
the YouTube police. It's the Wild West. <laughs> it, it was. If I may ask, what were you doing in the videos that was breaking YouTube policy? Um, I honestly, I think it was anytime you wore a thong, like a pair of panties, that was a thong. Okay. So there wasn't any nudity. Too much butt. No, no, no. Too much butt. Too much butt. Okay. So they've probably got some kind of butt meter running. (laughs) (laughs) They do. And they were like, no, too much. Right. So, yeah. 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 So you're skirting the the YouTube butt police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And you've got mixed emotions about it. I did. Yeah. And how's your boyfriend taking it? This was his idea. Is he kind of regretting it or is he like, yeah, this is great? No, he loved it. He thought it was great. I've never been like the kind that would like dress up provocatively and walk around for a t- and he loved it. If we were out and guys like checked me out, he thought it was great. Like he was super into that and it just made me really uncomfortable, but that's what he liked. Right. Okay. Did you keep making videos for YouTube then? We did and at one point I was probably making two videos a week, I want to say. I think at one point Somebody messaged the site. And at this point, I was not really managing any of this. He was on there, com- like responding to comments as me, like, oh my gosh, thanks. Yeah, I just, just <laughs> I like couldn't even read it because I was like, it was just so not me. He was answering as you. He was, yeah. Like, I was the body and then he was everything else. And he was running it. I think he did get some sort of exhilaration and, like, gratification out of it. And, you know, from the way that you were um, characterizing his responses to viewers, it, it sounds like he was portraying you in a way that you don't see yourself, like, kind of vapid or... Absolutely. I can't think of specifics right now, but, like, the whole vein of interactions that he would have would be, like, th- you know, like, thanks, babe. Like, oh, I love you so much. You know, just... Just really like kind of ditzy and I had a hard time with it. But at one point, you know, these followers of men would message, he would respond and have these back and forth conversation. And like Hmm. he built like these fake relationships with some of these people who were subscribing to these videos and like following these videos. It was really odd. Wow. It's really interesting. (laughs) You know, interesting. There is a guy who used me like a screenshot of me in his like sunglasses as like his YouTube picture, his avatar picture on YouTube. And a few years ago, it was still on there. Like that was me. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So weird. So you still have a fan base to this day. Apparently, you know, I haven't looked into it too heavily, but yeah, he's still using that picture. So. Wow. He certainly made an impression. Yep. Apparently. And so did you ever have any words with, Tom about, you know, about the way he was representing you or was it just kind of like, well, whatever? Oh, no, I told him I didn't like it. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, I'll handle it. I'll deal with it. I trusted too much and was just like, okay, he would never, you know, he must have my best interest in heart. Well, you can't be faulted for believing and trusting in the man you loved. True. Now I can't put back that now. <laughs> so where did this go? I mean, it sounds like your followers are growing. More and more people are, are watching. You've basically got a manager, you know, who's running yeah, the site oh and uh, handling your online persona. 
What, what was next? So at one point, one of these guys who is regularly follow and comment, he messaged, hey, I want to start a business of like building these sites and having people subscribe to them for more content. So a headhunter came knocking. A butt hunter came calling. (laughs) (laughs) I got uh, butt hunted. Yeah. (laughs) And that's kind of how it came about to where there was an actual website that people were paying to watch. (laughs) He got it before the YouTube police came and and here we are. But so he ended up actually starting this website platform and it was one where you know it you would you would log in and it would ask you for a password and there would be like teasers but you would have to actually subscribe and pay a monthly i think it was monthly fee. see i don't even know if it was monthly or weekly or how much money it was at one point but this website came into existence that's amazing are you still living in ohio at this time or had you moved to albuquerque i was still living in ohio majority of this this whole situation happened while we were apart. You have an offer on the table to run your own private website and make money off of your newly found fame. Yeah. What were the terms of the deal? Honestly, this guy was not... I don't know if he even took a cut. But so here's the thing. At this point, as weird as it sounds, people are trying to give you stuff. And now that I think of it, like some website sent free pairs of panties and shirts and somebody, you know, people almost, I don't want to say it was like a sugar daddy thing, but like, I know this one guy wanted to like buy me like a bunch of true religion jeans, like not even to wear in a video, just to buy it and like support this person that they enjoyed watching. And I'm pretty sure that that's the website guy. He like did it basically with no strings attached. So the guy just kind of provided the platform for this. And I think it was more of a, this is the first one he's going to do. So like he can show people who maybe want the same service down the line kind of thing. You don't think that he was taking a cut of memberships? I mean, probably worked that way. I I would think so. But I, and see that that leads into, I was never involved in any of that financial side. Tom was the manager, the money guy. I was just everything. the butt. You were I just was the butt. Just the butt. <laughs> he was interacting as you. He was doing everything. Yes. Yes. Except for yeah. making the videos. Correct. So he's dealing with the website guy, and a website is developed. It is. Yeah. Okay. Now at this point, you know, you're turning this into a business, or Tom is. Correct. And do you? Yeah, you know, I'm just sort of curious. Do you upgrade your studio and like come up with a plan for how often to post and what kinds of videos to post and build a whole business strategy? Um, yeah, you know, I was basically in charge of all, like the, all of that kind of stuff. I don't want to say in charge of, but I just did it because, you know, it was at that point, like it was kind of fun being creative. Like I, I don't want to say like I hated doing that kind of part of it because I didn't necessarily hate it because, you know, it was by yourself and it was just, you know, you and a camera. And I went out and I bought a bunch of slutty clothes and it was <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> Good. OK. Yeah. Like, so you're yeah. having fun. I was. I was having fun because I. Because I didn't have to interact with that part of it is why I was okay with it. I think it had that been more in my face, I would have gotten uncomfortable with it. I'm not like the kind to like show off and want like all that attention on me. 
And that's fine. And I want to say for the record, I mean, there's no shame in being a cam girl or making sexy videos, whatever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe it was not your cup of tea. I don't know. No, you know, it's just I I think it's just like the after the fact shame. Like, oh, shit. What if somebody finds this? Oh, my God. When you're now putting up your videos behind a paywall, do you have to like up the game on the videos? I did. And it honestly, it just went to full nudity. There was never any like masturbation or anything like that on there at all. So it was basically stripping and some were like completely nude and a lot of them. And what we ended up doing is a lot of them would be like, oh, here's the here's the 30 second tease clip. At that point, like there would be a watermark for the website on the YouTube videos to like lead people in that direction. And all I would do at that point is I would make these videos and then I would just send them to my and he would do all that shit, like that production and and he would clip the videos and he would post the videos. And and so when you say there was a watermark in the video, that, that means that there was like a logo for your site. And so you'd put tame videos on YouTube and it would entice people to or give people direction to go to your main pay site. Yes. Yep. And go there for more. Yes. Yeah. So the first time that you made a video where you were fully naked, mm-hmm. did you feel like you had crossed a line? Like, was there any hesitation or were you more like, Okay, we're taking this to the next level. We're having so much fun. Like, I, I'm just trying to get into your head, you know. Where were you at? I honestly don't even remember which one it was. I'm sure at the time I hesitated and kind of probably felt really weird about it. <laughs> I like I can't even put a ballpark to how many videos we actually made. You know, and I had like a list on my iTunes of like songs like I'd hear and be like, oh, that would be good to use. And it was like always a point of pride to me that I use like good songs and not just like stripper songs like Red Hot Chili Peppers and there was like a Led Zeppelin and you know and my ex would be like why won't you do like he wanted me to do a Ying Yang twin song and I was like (laughs) and I can remember like somebody commented like she has really good taste in music and I was like fuck yeah I do (laughs) (laughs) good okay so you were deep into the creative process and uh, sounds like you're really enjoying things and now you're not making any money off this no Presumably, Tom is. I didn't know even how much it was bringing in. He just said, yeah, people are subscribing. So he's pretty low-key about that. Yeah. Did anybody at home find you or see your product? They did. (laughs) Yeah. They did eventually. I ended up moving to Albuquerque um, probably uh, maybe a year after we really got into it. And at that point, it had kind of slowed down for me because I was moving and it was all this other stuff and I was like trying to find a job and I ended up in school out there and I was like, I just, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. At that point, I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of over it. People were probably going to want to see more things than I was, than I was willing to share. (laughs) All of this still happened when I was back in Ohio. So you moved to Albuquerque and what was your boyfriend doing for a living? He was working at Radio Shack actually. He's at Radio Shack, you're moving out, and you said when you got to Albuquerque, you'd kind of had your fill of the website. Yeah. That must have been kind of a bummer for him, because I think he was probably seeing dollar signs. I know he had been, and I remember at one point, because I just had like this, you know, this shitty Logitech webcam, and at one point I got a better one, but, you know, this is 12 years ago, The, the you know, the quality was not great. And I know I asked at one point, like, can you pay for a new one? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And at one point he was talking about how 
the site had hundreds of dollars coming in per week. I couldn't even tell you how much is actually made by it. Could have been more. It could have been more. And I was like, well, where's all this money going? And he's he says, oh, it's going, you know, back into the site. And there's like server maintenance fees. And I know at one point he paid somebody to redesign the front page. So it was supposedly, quote unquote, going back into the website, but not into your Logitech webcam. Not my Logitech <laughs> or my extensive wardrobe budget. I couldn't reuse stuff. So you're fronting the money for the lingerie. Yes. Yes. Which is one-time use only. And my minimum wage retail job. Yeah. Okay. You are committed to this project. I was. I was for a while. It's no wonder that when you got there, you'd sort of, you know, had enough. Yeah. Because you're not seeing any personal gain from it. No. When it becomes a chore, and it, and it had at that point, it wasn't fun anymore to do these things. It was, you know, the same old, same old. At its height, do you know how many subscribers you had? Um, not to the website, but on, on YouTube, there was quite a few. Ballpark? Thousands. Okay. Thousands. That's over, um, oh God, I don't even know how many channels were put up and pulled down because of the Bud Police. (laughs) So it's hard to say. Right. They were after you. I know. Tell me about the conversation you had where you told Tom, I don't want to do this anymore. Right before I moved out, I made like a bunch of videos in a row. I made like 10 or 12 um, because they were bi-weekly, I think, going up on the website. Mm-hmm. You wanted to get ahead. Yeah. So I made a bunch and, you know, we were apartment hunting and we found a place and we were moving in and it's just all this bullshit. And he was like, we need to start making more content. And I remember like trying to in the apartment and there was like shitty lighting and it and like we had to move a couch out of the way, and I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. We're done. Just let it sit. And you know, if people want to keep subscribing, fine. But like, I've got other shit to focus on. Rather than moving a couch so you can get a new angle. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, with our cheap, shitty carpet and it. Yeah, and like the production value is horrible. <laughs> so how do you take it? He wasn't happy. He must have tried to convince you to keep performing, keep producing. He almost tried to like shame me into it like guilt me into it like you agreed to do this and da 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 I was like I'm fucking over it you know I'm done that happened fairly early on to me moving out west so so Chris how was the relationship after you said no more to the website Uh, you know after we moved in together that relationship was never good it was always really rocky. We, there was a lot of fighting and it lasted for way longer than it should have. And I stayed longer because I made the jump and moved out there and I didn't want to be a failure, which is terrible reason to stay with somebody who makes you miserable. I was really struggling being far away from my family and like this whole new environment. And, and he's like, well, you need to get over it. You need to go over it. At one point he's like, well, you need to go to therapy because you can't get over it. So just really not supportive at all. It was really a really bad environment. Was your family asking you to come back? Um, no. When I was 15, I have two older siblings, and my mom and I were driving somewhere, and we were talking about how they were doing. I always remember this. My mom looked at me, and she's like, oh, I don't worry about you when you move out, because you can take care of yourself. And I've always been, like, the kind of independent one, and I kind of go off and do my own thing, and I think it would have been, like, 
for me, I didn't want to admit that I had fucked up. And then it was like this pride thing. And I didn't want to like appear weak and like come crawling back. When I told them I was going to move out there, they didn't even really like fight me on it. And my mom wanted me to come back the whole time. And she's told me, like, I was so afraid that you were going to stay with him forever and you were going to get married. And I was like, Mom, I knew I was never going to marry this guy. She's like, oh, thank God. At what point did you start realizing the relationship wasn't for you? I hate to say it, but really early. Mm -hmm. After your move? Yeah. And I think I fought it internally and didn't want to, like, admit it to myself for a long time. Right. You hung with it. Yeah. He was working one job. It was commission-based. So he was pulling in a fair amount of money, not working. I ended up going into school full-time, into a trade school. So it was five days a week, like four hours a day, to afford moving out there and, like, the cost of living. I ended up taking three jobs. And he was mad at me when I would say, you know, I'm tired or stuff because he's like, well, you just need to find a better job that, you know, won't pay you so you don't have to run yourself ragged all the time. But, you know, when you're 19 and you don't have a lot of marketable skills and I... so I was just running myself ragged. I was really depressed because my relationship was shit. It was a really kind of dark time for me. I really don't regret it, but. I wish I had done things differently. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're happy to know that you can do it and you kind of grow from it. But yeah, it was it was not great for me. <laughs> so how did the relationship end? So I was working overnight at my one job. I get out of work, I think it's five o'clock in the morning. And my ex's car is sitting in the parking lot. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck's going on? So I walk up to his car and he's like, come in. Don't, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. And just come in and have a seat. And when I was at the overnight, he moved all of his stuff out of our apartment. Okay. That's weird. And that's how he ended the relationship. <laughs> he had his parents come and they, they moved all his stuff out of the apartment. And he left me with $900 a month in rent. <laughs> He's a real, uh, real stand-up guy. Gosh, I'm so sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. This is 10 years ago, so I don't want to say time heals all wounds, but it, you know, it really tempers the emotion when you look back on things like this. Wow. And so have you spoken to him since? Not with any regularity. For a while, I did try and stay out there, and I ended up moving in with a younger family, and I was going to like stay out there and make it work. I did have friends out there and, you know, I had a job that I liked. And one night the the husband with the pregnant wife got really drunk with his buddy and like tried to come on to me. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't try and start over again. So I ended up um, moving back right after him and I had broken up. We tried to keep civil. But right after I moved back, I found out he was already dating somebody else and they'd moved in together. Okay. That was quick. That was very quick. I had a lot of emotions at the time. Yeah. I was not necessarily in my right mind, and I was pissed. I ended up calling him and being like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, I wouldn't get a straight answer that, like, satisfied my emotions. So he ended up blocking me. Wow. Yep. Cold. Yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's probably for the best. We ended up not speaking for a very long time. And after he broke up with that girl... Uh, it's probably, I don't even know how long he reached out to me and he, um, I think he wanted to like soothe his own soul for, for what he'd done wrong to people. And he, 
apologized and I said, well, thank you for apologizing, but I don't even know what specifically he thought he was apologizing for. He just said, I'm sorry for everything. And I said, no, it's okay. And he tried to kind of continue to talk to me, but I, I just don't, I don't want to have a relationship with this person at all. And Chris, you had mentioned before that at some point people in your life had found the videos. Yeah. How did that happen? And what did they say? Right after I had moved out west, somebody texted me something about it. Oh, God. Somebody I knew from high school texted me something about it. And it wasn't somebody I knew well. Something happened where I found out people knew. And I was just, like, hysterical. My ex actually called them for me because I was just hysterical. Just to kind of, like, nip it in the bud and get ahead of it. The interesting thing about it, though, is... I don't even know exactly who knows and to what extent everyone knows because nobody had the balls to like directly ask me about it. And I think two people who did reach out to me were friends and they were like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, good for you. You look great. Were they watching your YouTube videos or your private site videos? Most people found it on YouTube. And then I know of two people who actually ended up subscribing because at one point somebody messaged me. It was like, how do I unsubscribe? I was like, I don't fucking know. Figure it out. Like, I'm not, I'm not your IT person. Get out of here. This was all right in the beginning. And since then, nobody has said anything to me about it after the fact. And one actually, now that I think about it, one guy I was working with in Albuquerque found it. It like then started being so creepy to me at work, kind of hinting about it. Yeah. Another guy I had known since elementary school, he found it and got super into it and then would like message me and like ask about updates and just was super inappropriate about it. It kind of ruined some things for me um, and it changed how people like perceived me and interacted with me. So that was unfortunate. So what did Tom say to your friends to get ahead of it? I just think he said that Chris has this website. She's had it for a while. She's just worried that you're going to judge her for it. That's basically it. Like, it was just kind of laid out there in, like, please don't hate her kind of thing. Okay, just kind of taking ownership and just getting people to relax a little bit. And everyone, like, was okay. They were like, okay. I'm sure they weren't super thrilled by it, but they were like, okay, that's that's fine. Hey, you know, whatever. You're doing you. Right. Are the YouTube videos and the private website, are they still up? Uh, they're not. Uh, I haven't checked in a few years what's on YouTube for a while. Like the some of the fan videos were still up. The website has been down for years. Uh, for a while, actually, my ex had it redirect to a Ron Paul website. The so. former Republican congressman from Texas. Surprise! You're looking for butt. You're going to get an old man. So congratulations. <laughs> I do believe, you know, they exist somewhere. They're out there. It's the internet. Yeah, stuff doesn't really die. No, no, it just it just lurks until it becomes relevant again. So right, but there's no repository. That's no. Nope. So that's a good thing. So you're kind of free of that monkey mostly. If digital copies still exist of like the originals, I don't have them. That was like four laptops ago. I can't keep track of that. Right. I am not nearly that thin anymore. I don't worry about people recognizing me anymore. It's not something that you you really want 
you know, people to find out about. What kind of work do you do now? I'm actually in the healthcare field. You said in your secret that you haven't told your husband the full truth. No. What part does he know? He just knows that this site existed. He, I don't even know if he really knows what's on the site. So after my ex, I dated people pretty casually. The thought of being like in a committed, serious relationship with someone used to make me feel sick to my stomach. Like I did not want to give up that much of myself to someone. You know, when things would get kind of like on the serious side, I would I would like pull away like, I don't want this. I don't like this. I'm not about this. And like at one point, I feel like I owed him an explanation. So I said, hey, look, my ex, he kind of pushed me into doing this website thing. Overall, in the whole relationship, he's really controlling and he like gaslit me a little bit. And I just am not comfortable jumping right into a relationship with anybody. And he's like, okay, everything kind of makes a lot more sense. And he never, you know, he never pried for more information and he still hasn't. And it's not something he's ever brought up since then. Wow. Yeah. He's good. I would have been all over that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. He is, um, he's a wonderful man. I am uh, extremely lucky. Well, good. You're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Thank you. I was actually his boss. Shh. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Not anymore. I was. None. Oh, well, in a different way, but yeah. (laughs) No. No, we we haven't worked together in um, a long time. But sounds like there's another story there. No, <laughs> no, it was all very. We did not start dating until right. after we ended up working together. I, I see. promise. Okay, good. Qu- um, yeah, take that corporate. You don't know anything. So, Chris, Ben, you've told the whole story here in the secret room, mm-hmm. but you have elected not to tell the whole story to your husband, and I just wonder why. Probably because I'm ashamed. And it's one of those things where I gave up control. Um, not that I think he would look upon me negatively, but, you know, he's he is not my ex. He does not want to show me off. And I think that whole situation would really make him uncomfortable, even as long as it's been. And I don't want to make him uncomfortable with it. And he doesn't... Like, he has no interest in seeing it because I think it really would bother him because that person is still me on the screen. And that's so not me. I am not like the attention seeking provocateur. And I think he knows that. And I would probably really, you know, we haven't talked about it, but I think it would really probably kind of piss him off. So you're sparing in the details. And what point would it serve anyway? Exactly. It's not going to change. Right. But again, I don't think there's any shame in being a cam girl. No, you know, I'm not discounting that at all. I don't want to say that in a negative light. Like, if you do it and you enjoy it, more power to you. Like, hell yeah. But but for me personally, after the fact, it's just not something that I want to be out and about. Not your cup of tea. No. And there's social stigma. You don't need it. Interfering with your job and your friendships. Oh, God. I have had a secret secret. I have had a tattoo since I was 23 years old. My father still does not know about it. <laughs> On my wedding day, I covered it up with a patch. And he still has no idea. Oh, my gosh. And he would still be pissed. Yes. Yeah, so. Where is it? On my ribs. On your ribs. On my ribs. What is it? It is a peace sign. It is a fern, like a sideways peace sign. And there's a fern opening on the top of it. And there's a wave on the bottom of it. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds really pretty. I like it. Did it show in your videos? 
I didn't have it in my videos, actually. <laughs> yeah. It was just my pale self <laughs> all, all alone. <laughs> Gosh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. It's, you know, been really interesting getting an insight to this part of your life. And I thank you a lot. Thank you uh, very much for having me, Ben. It, it feels it feels good to share it because honestly, like the whole situation has been repeated in my head for so many years, but I've never said the entirety of it aloud to anybody. So this felt, this felt good. In the dozen years that have passed since Chris's story, she's matured, married, and has decided to shield her loving husband from her youthful indiscretion. Would he care? We can't say for sure. But there is one thing that's a constant in our modern world. The internet does not forget. It turns out that many of Chris's more explicit videos do still exist on the internet. They're not anywhere you would bump into them easily, but they are there. Chris's tenancy in that tiny corner of the web is one she would prefer not to occupy. I texted her about it over the weekend, and she replied with a string of eye roll emojis as if to say, Ugh, what can you do? On repeat. And true to Chris's words, the comments below her YouTube video are vapid as vapid can be, but there was one semi-clever one that caught my eye. Wordsmith, I got my eyes on you, 2256, penned these digital pros. I can't say anything, but wow, be mine forever. And the word but was spiritedly spelled with two T's. I thought Chris might like that one. And for you interweb sleuths out there, the handle and quote are switched up, so you're not going to find it, sorry. Every other week, we deliver an episode of our companion podcast, The Secret Room Unlocked, on Patreon.com. Our producer, Susie Lark, is your host. A popular feature we bring you is Ben's post-interview with the guest. You know, the interesting thing, which is a way other secret, he's, um... No. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah. But you know what? What? Still an asshole, <laughs> so... Do you mind if I put that, like, in the Unlocked show? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to, yeah. You can hear that full conversation in all kinds of deleted scenes, bloopers, and production notes on The Secret Room Unlocked. Visit patreon.com slash secret room to support your favorite indie podcast that could and get unlocked as your bonus. Patreon.com slash secret room. Chris sent pictures of herself and one from a wedding. There's also a still from her YouTube video. But I think there's butt in it, Ben. There's going to be the butt police. My eyes. <laughs> See them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our handle is at Secret Room Pod. You didn't hear any ads in this episode because it's a tough time for business. But your team at The Secret Room plans to continue delivering great content regardless. And I encourage you to support our past sponsors. Many of the great offers they've extended Secret Room listeners are still valid. And you can see them all on our website, secretroompod.com slash codes. Do you have a bellicose secret to share? Send it to me at our website, secretroompod.com. Our producer is Susie Lark, and our shadow producers are Marcella Halverson and Leanne Bell Howe. Happy birthday, Leanne. Chet is the sound engineer, and our music and theme are by Breakmaster Cylinder. See you all in two weeks when you'll be awestruck once again when another person steps forward to share a secret. This is The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. <laughs> Pot on, Ben. Pot on, Chris. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you.
I was saying, I mostly burned that era of my life with fire. 